When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Premier League Daily from Sports Social. It's Friday the weekend's here and the Premier League is back for the second round of games. I'm Jim Salverson. This is Premier League Daily from Sports Social and it is the only daily Premier League podcast you can find. News, gossip, analysis every single day of the Premier League season. On today's show, we're going to be talking Wolverhampton Wanderers Europa League adventure. We're going to be taking a quick look at the weekend's tastiest ties. And if you've still got some tinkering to do with your fantasy football team this weekend, well, we've got some tips that you'll want to hear before you triple captain anyone. So hold off for now. Fergal Brennan's here, Marley Anderson's here, and our fantasy football expert, Kieran Howley's here as well to pick over those topics. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Right. Let's kick off and talk Wolverhampton Wanderers because Wolves have quietly been going through the opening stages of the Europa League, the qualifying rounds since around 1962, (laughs) I think, this season. Finally, they've managed to get themselves into the last playoff place. That happened with an impressive 4-0 win over, I'm going to attempt to pronounce the Armenian team's name, Puinic. I think it's pronounced. Perfect. 8-0 on aggregates they won last night. So they're going to be playing Torino in the playoff final. Winner gets a place in the Europa League proper. Great performance. Awesome overhead kick from Jota. Rave reviews for some players. But how much exactly can you read into a victory over a team who finished second in the Armenian Football League? <laughs> well, the, the fact that the, even the, not even the best team in Armenia <laughs> says something really, doesn't it? Come on. That that playoff that playoff for the Champions League, um, the Europa League group mm. stage place. That's a right game, Wolves and Torino over two legs. That's a proper good game. That and even though the qualifying, you can mock the qualifying stages somewhat. It's hugely significant for Wolves and their progress as a club. I think it's the first time they've been in Europe for 125 years. I don't know whether wow. that's the first time in their history but certainly the first time they've been in Europe for a long, long time, which is significant, isn't it, Fergal? It is, and I think, you know, you have this conversation with Wolves fans. We're here talking about these random names and can we pronounce them, can we not pronounce them and who are they playing and what mm-hmm. the situation is. You speak to any Wolves fan and they're absolutely delighted. They've had two away days already, albeit one of them in Belfast and one of them in Armenia, but as Miley said, I'm sure they'll enjoy going to Turin. That'll be a bit more exciting. But in terms of their 
progress. It's, it's a nice kind of measurement of where they're at as a Premier League team. They've only been back for just over 12 months and already they're on the brink of, of playing European football, as you mm. said, in, in God knows how long. So I think the test will be for them, which obviously we're going to talk about in a minute, is how they'll manage that moving through the rest of the season. But I think so far, I mean, it's it's a horrible situation for the team to be in. It's a lose-lose situation. Everyone else gets a full pre-season to go away and do pre-season tours, get prepared for the new season. They've got to have this kind of quasi-serious, but not serious, mm-hmm. uh, four games against Crusaders. And then I'm going to pass that back over to you again, Jim. Who, who did he play in Armenia? Quinnick. Quinnick, thank you. <laughs> um, and so it is. And when you watched them against Leicester last weekend, they were in this kind of state of flux where yeah. they had been kind of going at three-quarter pace in the Europa League games. Then suddenly it's back to full throttle against Leicester and they looked a little bit out of sorts against Brendan Rodgers' team. I mean, it can prepare you better, can't it, for the season because you're playing competitive games instead of games in China or whatever it is. In in that sense. They they will have had players in in the Euro Nations League and then they will have had three weeks off before then coming back to to play these games. So how they balance it the rest of the season remains to be seen, but it's, it's it's a very mad setup. But Wolves fans will be absolutely delighted I'm sure I think it's really difficult from a fan's point of view because I remember long ago West Ham being in a situation I don't think it was the Europa League I think it might have even been but it's still been the in Toto Cup <laughs> when we had a three trophies that's the last time Newcastle won a trophy that well, it was exciting being yeah. in those qualifying stages but at the same time with the best win in the world a team like West Ham or a team like Wolves in this scenario isn't going to go that deep into the competition I don't with the best win in the world yeah. For Wolves, they're not going to see themselves in the semi-final. They're not going to see themselves in the final. Do you sacrifice, as you say, Fergal, yep. the pre-season preparations and that legginess that will no doubt Wolves will feel later on in the season in order for that moment of glory, that kind of taste of European football? Well, it's a bit of a trap in, in many senses in that, as you say, they're unlikely, you know, we don't want to jinx them, to, to go into, you know, quarter-finals, semi-finals, final stage. But... It's, it's such a, a difficult situation for, for Nuno Santo to manage because if they do go far and get knocked out and inevitably their league form suffers in and around Christmas time, New Year, and they drop off the pace and, and potentially even get dragged into a bottom-of-the-table situation, then it's a lose-lose situation mm. for him because it's, well, why did you throw all these resources at the Europa League? Well, you wanted me to do because you wanted to win something. Yeah, but look at us now. You know, we're, we're in trouble in the Premier League. It's, it's so difficult to, to manage. Uh, and it doesn't just come down to the, the six games at the start of the season that you've got to play and and the, the obstacles you've got to get past there, it's managing throughout the season. And the Europa League is a slog. It's yeah. Thursday nights, followed by Sunday afternoon, Monday night games for Wolves. Hell of a lot of travelling. Huge it, amounts yeah. of travelling to, to some real far outposts all over Europe. And longer stages. You've got group stages, you've got knockout stages, you've got a round of 32, round of 16. You know, it's it's a long, old slog for, for a squad that, whilst it's been strengthened in the summer, is still in a, in a developmental stage. It's still only been playing top-flight football for a season and you know a season and a half when it comes to the knockout stages and we saw it last season with Burnley to a certain extent I suppose I mean they finished 15th after a spectacular season the season before but they looked very leggy come the end of the season and they only played I think they played four games yeah, in so the qualifying I was, stages I was about to say when, when we were talking about qualifying like it's not like it is it looks easy on paper but like Burnley didn't manage it Burnley mm. finished what 7th in the Premier League and then you know, if you finish seventh in the Premier League, you think, oh, they're going to walk through qualification easier. They'll be in the group stage. And they got knocked out in the last uh, playoff round, I think. It was all those teams from like far flung Eastern European yep. places yeah, where I they mean, come to almost... Burnley and go, this is like a home game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's almost like uh, Sean Deitch's 4 4 2 with two big men up front didn't work on the continent. So, you know, I mean, never, I, never. I think Wolves will cope slightly better. What do we think of Wolves' chances this season? Take the Europa League out of it. They had a 
reasonably constructive yet unspectacular transfer window. They've kind of gone quietly about building a very good team. Can they build on last season or are we expecting them to finish in that mid-table, eighth, ninth spot? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say there's, there is that ceiling still in place in terms of obviously the top floor, top four ceiling, but there's the top six ceiling as well. And I think breaking past what's going to be a stronger top six this season is going to be really, really difficult for them. As you say, they've strengthened, I think, quiet is the right word to use. They brought in Dendonka and Jimenez who were on loan last season, got them in the door, permanent deals because they were very important for them last season. Patrick Catroni coming in from AC Milan is a really, really interesting one. Um, I'm quite surprised that AC let him go, but obviously... You know, mm, me too. Wolves have their fingers player. in a lot of pies. You know, They're able to pull strings that, that we can't even think about to, to get these mm. signings through. But I think in terms of where they'll finish, I, I can't see them breaking top six. I think seventh again will be a huge achievement. I think within the context of where the Premier League is now, back-to-back seventh place seventh place finishes for a newly promoted side will be a huge achievement. A lot of teams want that seventh spot though. You've got to have Everton all want that. West Ham will have an eye on that. Leicester City will have an eye on that. It's kind of like a mini battle for seventh, isn't it? Yeah, and that was the case at the end of the season. It was only that, you know, not to drag it up, Jim, apologies, West Ham (laughs) dipping off a little bit, Watford dipping off a little bit, that Wolves kind of stayed steady until the end of the race and that's how they got seventh Mm. and that's probably how it'll be decided again this season but you look at those other teams and obviously we're talking about these extra games they'll be fresh there's no Europa League for for those teams to to be dragged down they'll only be playing probably by the end of the season Premier League games um, and that might well give them an edge on Wolves for Wolves to do it again would be an enormous achievement particularly when you think of 12 months ago they were playing championship football if we'll get onto the fancy football side of things in a minute, but Kieran, if you were going to look at the Wolves team as our fancy football expert and pick a couple of players out of Wolves that you might, because they're not the most expensive players in the world, mm. who would you be looking at? Yeah, there's a lot of value in the Wolves team. I think that's what makes them attractive. Uh, even though all their core players really went up from last season, so they were seen as bargains. But I mm. think if you're looking at Jimenez and Jota, uh, they're still the go-to. The concern was always rotation. And what that European influence is going to have on the team that's going into the weekend. Uh, so it's really healthy to see last night that they pretty much had a, a whole new eleven going into their team, and they rotated a couple of the the better players in, which looked like just giving them a bit of pitch time to keep them sharp. Uh, so I I haven't gone with any players to start off the season because I I wanted to wait and see. I think yeah. there are a better options. Jota's at six point five and Jimenez at seven point five. Um, but I can see in the next couple of weeks, particularly if they do crash out in Turin, um, I'll, I'll definitely be jumping on them because they they have they don't have the easiest fixture list to start mm. off with. But it really starts to open up after game week five. I quite fancy Dendonka this season. I think he could be in for a good one. Right, we're going to come back in a minute and talk about the Premier League's tastiest ties this weekend. We've each picked a game that we think could be one to watch over the weekend, and we'll do that next on Premier League Daily. Premier League Daily from Sports Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss an episode. Sports Social. This is Premier League Daily. Don't forget you can also get our accompanying Sports Social skill if you're an Amazon Alexa user. Just say Open Sports Social to your Alexa device. Pick your team and every single day you can get a fresh update with all the latest news on your team as well as match reports and match previews as well. Alexa, open Sports Social to access that. Right now we're talking about the Premier League and the forthcoming weekend. There's some big games going on this weekend and myself, Marley and Fergal have all picked our tie of the weekend and we're going to pick over the bones of how we think that game's going to go. I'm going to go first on this one because I've picked Everton versus Watford. 
which feels like a bit of a random choice. The Zedcar's derby. Well, isn't it? It's a bit of a derby now. There's a bit yep. of rivalry there ever since the whole Marco Silva debacle where yeah. Everton wanted him and then he stayed for a little yep. bit and then he quit and then he got appointed and there was an out-of-court settlement. There's a little bit of niggle there. So we're going to see a few inflatable snakes in the crowd and all that kind of <laughs> thing. But is that niggle? I mean, the fans are going to be winding each other up, but it doesn't feel like the kind of derby that's going to necessarily translate onto the pitch, does it? You're not going to get the players kicking lumps out of each other because the manager's left it under a cloud. Yeah, no, I think it's, you're right, it's developed this kind of strange derby feel. I've spoken to a few Evertonians and, and the way they speak about Watford fans now is, is, is madness, where you just think, how has this, this started? How has Hertfordshire versus North Liverpool become a thing? But, you know, Marco Silva will do that to you. Um, Everton and, wanted the derby they could win. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think they'll bite your hand off for any opportunity at that. But when you look at uh, the games between them, you know, pre-Silver or, or post-Silver at Watford, they have been pretty dull. Um, all this kind of talk about them, as you say, generally happens off the pitch mm. um, in the media, in the build-up to the games. Games between them tend to be quite dull. And both of them started really badly last weekend. Uh, Everton Palace was the worst game. Fully deserved to be last or match of the day. Uh, in fact, if they could have put it on a bit later, maybe after the news or something, that would have been fine. Um, really, really awful. Even after Morgan Schneiderlin got sent off, Palace still couldn't get it together and, and, and score. Even the sending off was crap, wasn't it? Just yeah. two little niggly fouls. It's like, oh, if someone's going to get sent off, you want someone to go six foot in the air. And... Well, he looked at the referee and just kind of went, oh, all right, whatever. Um, and... That's that was the that was the kind of tone of that game and, and Watford obviously losing three 0 to Brighton. Um, Brighton looked good and sharp, but but Watford were really really poor, really abject. And you know, to steal a bit of an old kind of Harry Redknapp cliche, they they very firmly looked in pre season mode still. Mm. I think that's kind of why I've picked this game. Isn't for what we're going to see on the pitch. It's for the backstory. And there are two managers that already one game into the season are under pressure. And I think Marco Silva is one of the most under pressure managers in the Premier League. Yet again this season, they've spent a load of money in the transfer window, but yet again they're struggling to score goals. They've failed to score goals on the first game of the season. They've strengthened attacking-wise, and we're yet to see how Moise Keane or Awobi's going to fit into that Everton attacking lineup. But four out of their last seven games, which includes their pre-season, they've not found the net. And obviously, they need to remedy that. If they, I mean, Everton need to qualify for Europe this season, don't they? In order for Marco Silva to keep his job properly, Everton needs to qualify for Europe. Yeah, I think they've got to get got to get seventh, at least really, because that's their target. You can't spend all that money and then you know not actually properly challenge that, that top mm. six. Even if you don't crack the top six, if you're close to them, you still say like, well, that top six is on another level of investment and and talent. But, but it's probably on the level of investment that yeah, Everton have yeah. put in. Yeah, so they've matched the they've matched the investment side, so now they need to match it on the pitch. And Marco Silva brings that pressure on himself and mm. Everton bring that pressure on themselves because they keep spending loads of money and then not really getting any closer to to the to the big boys. And then it's like, well something's gotta something's gotta happen here. Either you've got to stop money or you've got to bridge that gap quick. With because the signing, you can't keep, you can't carry that on. With the signing of Awobi, thirty-six million quid was a lot of money spent. I know you're an Arsenal man, Fergal. So, did you bulk at that thirty-six million? Did you think that was completely unreasonable for a player who he's not he's not a bad player by no. any stretch of the imagination, but he hasn't really impressed in the last few seasons at Arsenal, even though he's had quite a bit of game time. I think it was maybe a touch above what any Arsenal fan would have expected to get for him if, if he if he left the club. I form was quite surprised. This wasn't something that would have been bubbling away. This was pretty much done and dusted within 48 hours. Um, 
my point with Iwobi is I think it's context is the situation here. Um, Everton are buying a player that is the level that they want to get to. I said this on the previous show last week of Everton, as Marley said, want to be aiming for that seventh spot. They want to get into the Europa League. Alex Werby was quite good for Arsenal in the Europa League last season, scored in the final when he came off the bench. Mm. This is, in, in you know, with the best will in the world, this is a situation of Arsenal are striving to get back into the Champions League. Everton are striving to get into the Europa League. Alex Iwobi is a, a Europa League player. He's a very good player. I think consistency has been an issue with him in terms of uh, his performances for Arsenal. But he, he is capable of these moments. But Everton looking at the situation and going, here's someone that's able to make an impact for a Europa League side. Arsenal are saying, we are sick of being a Europa League side. Why don't we have a crack at being a Champions League team again? Which means we need to start bringing in X amount of players to do that. And someone like Alex Iwobi isn't going to drive us on to, to a top four finish and, and potentially higher up the table. And I think he'll do a job for um, for Everton. I, I was a little bit more peeved about him leaving than I was about Walcott. Mm. I, I definitely didn't cry any tears over Walcott leaving. Um, but I, I don't I don't see it damaging Arsenal. But I do think it can, can add something to Everton. That's my pick of the games this weekend. It might not be the most exciting game on the pitch, but watch the post-match interviews. I think that's where the interest is going to see which manager is sweating afterwards. Right, Marley, what's your choice for your tasty tip? Uh, I went for the small matter of Man City versus uh, Spurs. Who? On, <laughs> on Saturday night. I looked at your two picks and I was like, why does no one pick two of the top three going on here? Like, all trying to be a bit hipster. And, oh, I love this derby with Marco Silva. Oh, Jesus. It's all the hipsters are talking about now. Well, here comes one the mainstream are talking about. <laughs> City Tottenham, Saturday night. Big game, that. It is a massive early, game. Early on in the season. I mean, Spurs are still under that thing of, like, does Ericsson go? Does he stay? What What are they doing? They need to bring in Lo Celso into the team and that kind of thing. And they need to find the feet, and this is a perfect test against Man City. I think it's came a little bit early for them. The way City started last week, it tends to be, a, it looks like a rabbit in the headlights job. I think we're going to be of... saying that about any team that plays City this season. And yeah. for the next five years, it's going to be too early. <laughs> maybe, yeah, They haven't maybe. quite caught up, because the way City played last weekend, they looked absolutely untouchable. And yeah, West Ham helped them yeah. out a bit in the second half. But you must have watched that Kieran as a City fan and gone, this is spectacular. This is better than anything we saw last season. Yeah, well, it's up there. I think um, the, the problem we've always had is we tend to struggle against smaller teams. And when people uh, start putting, not to say West Ham is too much of a smaller team, um, <laughs> but when people put defensive blocks up um, and the, sort of the irritation comes into the play and we lose a bit of speed, uh, that's when you get those frustrating games where you just mm. can't seem to score a goal, even though you're holding 70% possession. Uh, and so to see us playoff in a strong manner uh, was hugely rewarding and I think going into this game um, obviously the last one was one of the games of the season last year 4-3 uh, it should have been 5-3 in my opinion but obviously <laughs> I'll take that um, and you're going in with last season's third choice right back for Spurs playing against the informed player of the league at the moment in Sterling mm. so I think looking at a fantasy position that's strong for captaincy on Sterling um, but also as you quite rightly said, interesting what they're going to do with Ericsson. Um, he completely changed the game for Spurs yeah, big time. last week. They were a completely different team going in. And we're obviously not going to play the same way at Villa. You're not going to have 80% possession mm. against us. Um, but he, he is the key to unlocking it. But also, I think they have a great chance. We struggle with speed. Uh, people who try to play behind us and they've got Mora playing off Kane. Um, and that's where they see, saw a lot of success last season, but it was Sun. But Mora does much the same job uh, as Ajax will remember. Um, so I, th I think this one's going to be a great game um, and I'm particularly interested in, in that, that kind of core position of Sterling against Carl Walker-Peters. 
I think mentioning Ericsson, I think as far as he's concerned, he is no longer a Tottenham Hotspur player. I think, don't think Pochettino considers him even to be available for selection at the moment. I Very unlikely he's going to start. And I've got a feeling he'll probably leave in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah. I think I think last week he, Pochettino wanted nothing more than a simple win mm. where he didn't have to look at the bench and say, oh, right, I'm bringing you on. I know you want to leave, but we need to win this game against Villa. And he brought him on, scored three goals. Simple as that. Like They got undone by a long, literally just a hoof from Tyrone Mings. And it's like City mm. played better football than that. So if you're getting undone by a hoof from, I think it was on the edge of his own bloody box, and he just bounced over and John McGinn just scored a great goal but like you've got to improve a lot if you're going to sort of hold a torch to, to Man City uh, at the Etihad as well so, so you're going for a big City win Um, I'm going for City by two I think it'll be 3-1 there is a full preview show that's going to be available on Saturday morning, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you've subscribed to Premier League Daily to get that, but we'll wrap up with one more tasty tie from the weekend. Fergal, what have you picked? Uh, I've gone for Chelsea against Leicester. Um, a little bit, as you said, along the lines of the, the Everton-Watford situation. These two have built up a, a little bit of a strange animosity over the last couple of years. Obviously, Leicester winning the title in, in a season where Chelsea really, really struggled. Mm. Uh, Leicester went to Stamford Bridge, got a point on the last day of the season when they won the league, beat Chelsea at home that season so this has been been a really interesting one to watch and I still think from from a fan perspective in, in the Premier League there's still always this fascination with Leicester of how they're going to continue after that crazy crazy title win um, and against Chelsea I think they could have some joy Chelsea against United were really really poor they looked really unorganised um, the Super League final didn't really do much to change that I know they took Liverpool into extra time but what sort of a knock is losing on penalties going to do to mm. them um, Frank Lampard will have Stamford Bridge full. Um, he doesn't need any help in, in you know boosting his his legend at the club, and and the supporters will be loud. But Leicester just have this brilliant ability to give people nosebleeds. They they really have this uh, this kind of hunger to go into any stadium in the Premier League and go, we're going to give this a bash. If we lose, so be it. But we've got players who might not necessarily flash up as the most technically gifted or the most creative, but they're so effective at what they do. Someone like Jamie Vardy leading the team, he's so effective at what he does of just being a nuisance, using his pace to get in behind. Um, we chatted before about recruitment in the summer. I think Leicester have made some really clever signings. Yuri Tillemans, who was on loan last season, coming into midfield, now on a permanent deal. Uh, Josie Perez, I know, obviously, uh, Newcastle fan is, yep. is, is grimacing about that. Yeah. But he was... Sorry, he was he's rubbish before Christmas. After well, Christmas, he's, <laughs> he's spot on. That like Harry Kane who can't score in August. Yeah, except okay. he <laughs> might have had two last week. But. I'd love to know what Rafa bought him for Christmas to maybe just give him that, that boost. Maybe add him around for Christmas dinner. Um, and I think I think Leicester couldn't be in a position... This is, this is a prime situation of Chelsea who are already under pressure. Lampard's already under pressure given their hammering at Manchester United last weekend and Leicester love that situation going in and you know for want of a better word kicking you while you're down mm. you know a Jamie Vardy 1-0 will be a huge result for them uh, and it would pile even more pressure onto Lampard so I expect Chelsea to react but Leicester have no time for you know people's egos or, or preserving the, the status quo that they'll look to go there and, and give them a bit of a go everyone mocked Leicester a little bit when they appointed Brendan Rodgers last season but he seems to be changing that team and actually building him into the team they should have been built into after the Premier League title win yeah, yeah. I think he's he's one of the managers that like he just became a bit of a meme at, at yeah. Liverpool and I was like even though it was like it was funny and what have you He's still a bloody good manager. He's still got Liverpool to within like what two win one win of the of the title in twenty thirteen, yeah. and it was like if they had success with Celtic as well. Yeah, they hadn't they, they had that collapse at, at Crystal Palace, didn't they? When they were three 0 up and drew three three, 
Um, ironically, with Dwight Gale scored the goals, and he's now at Newcastle sitting on the bench. So, um, but I think he's a great manager, Brendan Rodgers. He plays actual football. He signed some good players for Leicester. Tielemans is an absolute, just brilliant midfielder. Perez gives him more of a goal threat, and Jamie Vardy's record against the top six teams of scoring goals is insane. It's better than anyone in the country. And him against someone like Zuma last week, who made such a bad error to dive in on Rashford. Because Zuma got frightened by his pace. If you're frightened against pace, the last person you want to come up against is Jamie Vardy, mm-hmm. who's apparently had one of the best pre-seasons in, in his career. Apparently he's recording faster times, which is amazing cause, considering so he's 32. So wicked. He's not yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, and he's, 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 uh, I think he's pretty much routine. He's Red Bull and coffee. Like, he's like, he's like <laughs> a six-year-old child he on a like, football pitch. He has, like a, he has really nic- nicotine. He like chews, chewing tobacco, yeah. doesn't he, before a match? Apparently, it's crazy. Yeah. So we're going Leicester City win against Chelsea. Frank Lampard sacked. Uh, yep. Big Sam installed at Chelsea. Cool. Right, Can't that wraps up, <laughs> wraps up our tips for the week. There will be a full preview show tomorrow. It'll be available at midnight on Saturday so you can get a full preview, a full rundown of every Premier League game. Let's wrap up with some Premier League fantasy football tips as well. You can join Premier League Daily's very own league as well where you can compete for a £100 voucher to spend at ClassicFootballShirts.com. What's the league code, Marley? Uh, AJR338. So if you're doing Premier League fantasy football, you can join us there. We've got Kieran in. He's our fantasy football expert. Let's just qualify you a little bit, Kieran. What was your <laughs> points total last week? Uh, last week was 86. So 86, about 21 decent. above the average. Yeah. Okay. And who was your captain? <laughs> uh, captain was, annoyingly, uh, just before it hit the deadline, I switched it off Sterling, but onto Kane. <laughs> Who did oh, second best? Not too bad. Yeah. Okay, so what we're we looking at this week, if we're going to transfer some players in ahead of this week's games weeks, who would you be your suggestions? Well, the big one, if you're going to make any shift this week, is obviously going to be Allison. Allison's now out for three to six weeks. Uh, unlucky if you've already made that change and you move to the Liverpool subkeeper. <laughs> uh, has, now he's injured, so you're going to have to take a hit if you want to fix that. Particularly, uh, the common strategy is if you've got a big expensive premium keeper like Alisson at six, your second is normally a four point million. Uh, so you've got Button or someone who isn't going to play, so you're probably going to have to do a shift. But also stresses, I think one of the big learns is that you have to be patient with these things. Yeah. You can you can rush, you can make an early transfer because you think someone's going to beat you to the punch and a rise in value, or you see someone not performing in game week one and in a haste of madness, you rip them out of your team and then the person you bring in gets injured or they have a bad week and a guy you just take out. Mm. You have to be patient. It's too early. You brought all these guys in for a reason when you spent three weeks changing your team constantly. <laughs> have a little bit of faith in yourself. But if you are shifting Allison, you haven't moved already. The obvious one is Edison. Though if you've maxed out your team, Edison's already gone up in value. He's 6.1, so you're not going to be able to afford that. Isn't there an interesting opportunity here with Liverpool's only remaining fit keeper who is Marley Andy Lonigan, who might not be he's about one million ex-Preston <laughs> goalkeeper yeah but he's going to play and just because yeah. Liverpool he, have got him in goal doesn't mean they're going to concede might, he might play like Alisson uh, sorry Adrian's rated like Van 50, 50 goal, is that the <laughs> yeah they're getting Jose Enrique back like he did at Newcastle a few years ago and he had to yeah. pull on the gloves and oh, it was right, just so brilliant so maybe not a sure thing no. yeah but like, like Kieran says I mean you know Adrian is a lot of people have made the mistake of getting to Sunday morning and going, shit, Alisson got injured. I need to take him out. And no, wait for Friday. Wait for wait for today. Do it do it then. Don't do it on Monday yeah. or Tuesday when he's playing another game on Wednesday. Because mm. let's be honest, like he was injured a lot at West Ham as well, wasn't he? 
I don't think it was that, is that why Is that why he went out? No, he tends to get he dropped because he was not very good right, at football. Okay. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. That no, old is Andy Lonergan yeah. and he plays for Liverpool now. So. <laughs> so I think there's a thing in there. Also, you have this problem where if there's too many injuries and the squad shifts too quick, these players aren't actually in the game yet. Mm. So many third or fourth choice keepers aren't actually put in the game. So my, my recommendation would actually be to, to move across Merseyside and go for Pickford instead i think out of that sort of sub premium bracket he's strong as a as a keeper anyway he's strong but also if you look at his his matches across the next nine game weeks he only plays a top six team once and the rest of it i mean looking at what's coming up you've got watford villa um you've got wars which is tricky but then bournemouth sheffield city comes up and then you've got burnley west ham and brighton you could leave him in net regardless of who you're putting in. You don't need to bring Allison actually when he comes back. And it also means that people are probably having second guesses about Trent Alexander-Arnold and Robertson as well. Because if you've got a third choice keeper in the sticks, you're going to lose those clean sheets. But aside from that, I think my two tips to really look out for are Martial. I think he's really jumped out. If, as uh, Solskjaer says, he is now the first choice num- number nine. Shocked to see him playing, leading mm. the line against. I thought, but they seem to have confidence. And yeah. he said behind him that actually that's his key position. It seems to be a little bit in keeping him happy. But you've got a 7.5 midfielder lo- leading the United line. Even if he's borderline rubbish, which I don't think Martial is, you're going to get value out mm. of that position, particularly if they keep up playing offensive as they are. And my other one, which is a little bit rogue, is um, Pookie from Norwich. Oh, um, what? Yeah. Because he's playing Newcastle. Come on. <laughs> well, no. Come on, mate. Well, Wait, I, I, 27 goals he got in the championship. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Decent Loads, return. Yeah. Whether he can do it in the premiership. To be fair, he scored at Anfield matter. last week. So That's what I was yeah. going to say. And not just him, the team. If a team's going to play aggressively and offensively away at Anfield, they're going to do it in every single game. Um, so you're going to get goals. Norwich, I don't think, will keep a clean sheet across the whole season. So I'm not going <laughs> to say go for their defenders. But if you've got a 6.5 striker that had more than one opportunity to score at Anfield, then he's going to do it every week. And they have bad fixtures. But if you're going to do it at Anfield, I say ignore the fixture list. He's a good guy. And who, who you currently have at that price point, 6.5, you've got King, who was woeful. Jota, which I don't think you go in for yet because he's got Europe and a tricky fixture Jota list. Jota had an awful game last week as well. Mm. Did you see him? Like He completely just... He had one, one where he had a uh, one man to beat and he was running at him and he simply just fell over. And then he had a one-on-one, which nearly hit the corner flag. And but, I was like, I'm glad I didn't put him in my I team. I scored an overhead mm. kick last night. Yep. And then, yes, yeah, so that's football for you, yeah. isn't it? So. Yeah. He's in my team. I'm just going to pretend. I'm just keeping quiet out of this. He's, he's, been, <laughs> he's been the person that I've been saying to everyone, got Josh on my team, just watch yourself. And, and I've just been like, oh, my God. Yeah, bicycle kick, bicycle kick, okay? We're only in week one. Plenty of time to go. <laughs> Boys, thank you very much for today's Premier League Daily. Don't forget, you can subscribe to this podcast so you never miss a show. Make sure you rate and review us as well so you know you like us. You might even get a shout out on the show as well and our preview show will be available Saturday morning when you wake up we'll see you next time on Premier League Daily Premier League Daily from Sports Social subscribe to the podcast now and never miss an episode I love my club every match the manager every player who's pulled on the shirt don't just talk to me about football talk to me about my one and only I love my club but I don't love them up the road. Listen to daily smart speaker updates for your Premier League team and your team only with Sports Social. Get closer to the club you love. Ignore the ones you don't. Just say, Alexa, enable Sports Social and choose your team.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.